Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Thanks, Ash. How many of us were ministered and really blessed by the worship and the youth camp testimonies? All of us, right? And truly, the word for this season, the Rema word, is freedom. And freedom, not just to do whatever we want to do, but true freedom comes when the Lord is there. And in 2 Corinthians, it says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And that's how we have freedom, because the Lord is here. Where two or three are gathered in His name, He's here. And His Holy Spirit is here, and we have freedom from that, right? So we praise and thank God we serve a Lord who gives us true joy, who sets us free to serve Him, to worship Him, to be all that we are called to be, right? So we came out of our series, an amazing series, Hearing God's Voice. And um, uh, when Ash asked me to uh, share for this Sunday, as it was... um, spending time with the Lord. One of the ways that the Lord speaks to us is through his names. We don't think about it like that, don't we? But names in biblical times, it revealed uh, God's character, aspects of his character, all right? And uh, here in Aussie culture, we don't give that much importance to names, we tend to shorten it. But then uh, in the near, ancient Near Eastern times, names held great meanings, all right? It revealed a person's nature and character. So if we look at Abraham, God changed his name. Abraham means exalted father. When God wanted to bless him and make him the father of many nations, he changed his name to Abraham, meaning father of many nations, Similarly, in the Bible, we read about God revealing his character, revealing who he is uh, through his names, all right? We are going to look at three names, and I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles uh, to Genesis 16, verse 13. Genesis 16, 13. I'll just give you a little background. So, Hagar is... Sarah's Egyptian maidservant. In those days, when the wife did not have a child, they asked the maidservant to get a child. And that child became the legal heir of the family. All right? So Sarah wants to help God, as we all know, and she sets it up. And Hagar becomes pregnant. All right? So when she becomes pregnant things don't work out well for both Sarah and Hagar. So Sarah comes to Abraham and says, drive her out. And Abraham, the man who should be protecting Hagar, says, she's your servant, do with her whatever you want. And Sarah just drives her out into the wilderness. And she sits there crying, she's pregnant. She's a slave girl. And even now, that is taken away from her. She does not have any protection. She's left to die. She's pregnant. All right? And at that time, God 
comes to her and speaks to her. Let's read Genesis 16 verse 13. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And the Hebrew name is El Roi, the God who sees me. All right? She is vulnerable. She's marginalized. She has uh, been untreat, uh, um, unfairly treated. But then this God comes to her, seeking her. And he tells her, I have a great plan for you. I will bless your son and your son will become great. Right? So when we pray to this El Roi, who are we praying to? We are praying to a God who watchfully cares for us as his creation. In the Bible, it talks about even a sparrow, a little sparrow, which is worthless. It's two are sold. Uh, you know, if you buy one, one, you get one free. There's no value, there's no worth. But even if that little sparrow alights to the ground, it says God is mindful, God knows that. So how much more when we are made in his image, in his likeness, we are his children, right? So when we pray to El Roi, we are praying to the God who knows our past, who doesn't condemn us for our past, who is with us in our present, and who has plans to bless us for the future. That is El Roi, the God who sees us. All right? So, let's look at another name. This is in the book of 1 Samuel. So I'll encourage you to open up to 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. Just to give a little background, um, Israelites have made idols for themselves. Nothing new, right? We all tend to do that. Any, um, anything which we tend to place above God is an idol. And during this time of Israel's history, the Israelites have uh, come under the oppression of Philistines. Philistines are their enemies, arch enemies. They've come under the oppression of Philistines. And they are crying out because of the oppression and the yoke of slavery and bondage. Samuel is the seer prophet during this time. And Samuel cries out to God. The people go to him and ask him to intercede on their behalf to God. And Samuel is crying out to God. They are regularly gathering together at a place called Mizpah. The Philistines hear about it and they think this is a great time to just utterly destroy these Israelites. And they come to destroy them. When the Israelites see that, they ask Samuel to cry out to God. And Samuel takes a lamb and offers it up as a whole burnt offering to Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel. All right? And then God thunders from heaven. And God routs these Philistines before his people. He comes through. He exerts his power on behalf of his people. And Samuel sets up a stone and he says, 
This is Ebenezer, our rock of help, our stone of help. He meant, he meant, he said, thus far the Lord has helped us. It doesn't matter how many other times we fall down. Every time we repent, we confess and turn back to this true living God. He is our Ebenezer, our helper. And he intervenes and he shows himself strong on our behalf. In 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles it says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is loyal to him. And he does that. All right? So that's our Ebenezer. Whenever we find that we are in trouble, we are struggling, the enemy is after us. When we cry out to him, our Lord comes through as our Ebenezer. He shows himself strong on our behalf and he intervenes and he delivers because of his covenant love for us, his hesed, his faithfulness. The final name that we are going to be looking at is we would all be familiar with this. We hear it a lot during Christmas time. It's Emmanuel, God with us. You can turn to Isaiah chapter 7. And uh, in Isaiah chapter 7, just to give you a background, King Ahaz is a wicked king. He's the king over southern kingdom of Judah. And the prophet Isaiah comes to him and says, don't go to war against Assyria. It's becoming the superpower at that time, all right? And he says, trust in God and ask for a sign. God himself will give you a sign. And he says, the virgin will be with child and bear a son. And you will call his name Emmanuel, all right? But then this wicked king Ahaz, he does not trust in God, but then he makes a coalition with Assyria. Later on, we find out that the very people with whom he had formed a coalition, they come and they enslave him and his nation. All right? But then God uses that promise hundreds of years later and fulfills that promise through the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is our Emmanuel. When our son, sin separated us from God, God drew near to us. We went through a series of restoration, right? This is true restoration. Instead of drawing away from us, instead of pushing us away, God came to us in the form of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is Emmanuel. He says, I am with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So when we pray to Emmanuel, we are praying to a God who will never leave us, who will never abandon us, who will never forsake us, all right? He walks with us, be it through a valley, be it on the mountaintops, we can be assured of his presence, all right? So let me just pray for a minute, and then we're going to have some time of reflecting uh, and hearing what God is speaking to us through these three names. So Father, we just want to say thank you and praise you, Lord, that you are the living God. 
You're the God who has revealed yourself to us in so many different ways and who speaks to us. We are your sheep. We are hungry to hear you. We ask you to open our eyes, the eyes of our heart to see you. Now, Lord, as we spend time in your presence, Holy Spirit, speak to us, minister to us. You know where each one of us are at, Father God. We are your sheep and we hear your voice. Open our eyes and ears and our heart to hear you. Minister to us in Jesus' name. I'm just going to invite us to spend a few minutes. And uh, the questions will come up, uh, questions for personal reflection. Just take a few minutes. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, do that. And what name stands out to you? What is God speaking to you through these names? How have you seen him work as Ebenezer or Emmanuel or Eldroy? I invite you to do that.